Welcome to the Dietitian Success Podcast. Here at Dietitian Success Center, we're all about making it easier for you to build your confidence and expertise. So whether you're a dietitian or a dietetic student, we've got something for you. I'm Krista, your host and the founder of DSC. Now, are you ready to ditch the imposter syndrome and join our incredible, vibrant community? If so, let's jump in. So for this episode, I wanted to build off of episode 87, uh, which I posted two weeks ago, where I talked about how to generate your first 50K in business revenue. So today we're going to take that a step further and we're going to talk about the next phase, which is how do we start to get to that next step in our business? How do we make that jump from 50K in annual revenue to six figures, having a six figure business, which is anything above $100,000 per year in annual revenue. So in a similar fashion to last, uh, to the episode two weeks ago, I wanted to give you a bit of a glide path or a bit of a roadmap to reach that 100K goal. And so just as a reminder, we are talking about business revenues, right? So business revenues are all of the money that our business brings in every year. So we're not talking profit. Profit is what is left over after you've paid all of your business expenses. Um, we're not talking about how much you actually pocket from your business. So we're just talking how much our business brings in every year in annual revenue. Um, And so in the last episode, I did talk about how reaching that first 50K is actually probably one of the toughest stages of your business because it's, it's characterized by so much trial and error, figuring out what works, figuring out what doesn't work. Uh, at, during this stage, you're building an audience from scratch. You're trying to figure out how to build an audience. You're trying to figure out what you're going to offer them in order to actually start bringing in money, how to actually get traction. There's the steepest learning curve here. You're figuring out how do I get clients? What do I offer them? How do I deliver on a great experience? There's so much new stuff. Plus our confidence tends to be the lowest at this point in the process. So It's definitely a challenge, right? So let's talk about what the next piece is and how do we build on those foundational skills in order to get to the next step. And so just as a recap also from the last episode, we went through four steps in order to bring in that first 50K in business revenue. Step one was we wanted to work backwards to determine our monthly revenue goals. So how much money do we need to be bringing in every month in order to reach that financial milestone? Number two is coming up with an offer or offers that help you achieve your revenue goals, right? So knowing that I want to achieve X, what do I need to do or what do I need to create and at what price point in order to achieve that? Um, We, number three, we identified marketing strategies and we started to build consistent systems within our business. And then number four was making sure that we were delivering on a great client experience because keeping one client or keeping a client is so much easier than trying to get a new one. So at this point, once we've made that first 50K, typically we've gotten most of that stuff, that sort of foundational stuff fairly ironed out. So now it's just about figuring out how do we 
take that a step further. How do we build efficiencies? How do we optimize? How do we create systems so that we can keep repeating the same outcome again and again, so we can keep growing and we can keep scaling? So let's go through again a four-step process that I found has really been four things that I feel like were really critical in order to get from that 50 to that 100K milestone. So the first thing we're going to do is we're still going to understand our revenue goals. That's important at every stage of our business. And I think actually it becomes more and more important over time um, because we can start getting a lot more intentional and we can start getting a lot more um, specific around projecting and predicting what do I think I'm actually going to bring in this year based on historical data. Um, and so we need to ask ourselves the question of, okay, so what do I need to sell in order to reach $100,000 this year? Now, I think this is, this is actually a really cool point in the process because the further we get into our business, the longer we've been in business, like I mentioned before, we start to see trends. Our business becomes more predictable. We can look back over time and say, oh, okay, well, this is the average number of clients I tend to get every month. And so I can reasonably assume that I'll continue to reach that goal month to month. Um, and so we can continue to set realistic goals based on this sort of historical data. And in fact, our goals are able to get more and more realistic. I know at the beginning, setting goals feels really daunting because it's like, what is realistic for me? I don't really know because uh, this is the first time I'm doing this. And so that's fine. It's okay that your goals are a little bit all over the place at the beginning. That's just part of figuring out what our business looks like. But then as we progress in time, we can start making more realistic goals. So that's actually a really fun part of this, this stage in business. And then the other thing that I feel like shifts here, I know for me, this is what, this is a big shift that I've observed is that, so I used to focus a lot more on monthly revenue numbers. However, once I started really understanding and refining my sales process, my marketing process, I've been able to see that there's definitely months where I'm making significantly more than my target, and then there's months where I'd be making less than my target. Um, so for example, right, when I, earlier this year, I made the switch to an open closed car for Dietitian Success Center. So we only enroll at certain points throughout the year. So consequently, there's going to be certain months where revenue numbers are higher. Um, or, you know, if there's a month where I have more capacity for one-on-ones, maybe between launches, then that's obviously going to affect things as well. Uh, and when I say one-on-ones, I mean one-on-one -on -one business coaching clients. So you, uh, but I only know that because I have that past data to be able to look back on and say, okay, so this is what happened in the past. So this is what I can expect for the future. So I definitely still track my monthly numbers, but I'm actually more concerned now with how I'm tracking towards the overall year number versus looking specifically month to month. Same thing can apply um, you know, even in the early stages of business too, right? If you, for example, if you've thought about creating an online course and uh, or launching a group program or whatever, um, you might expect that your revenue is going to be higher during that month to offset perhaps a couple of months of lower one-on-one -on -one clients. So 
uh, all in all, the whole point here is that we can start to get more predictable and uh, we start to look more at the overall year versus month to month specifically. So I have a tracker that I've just created in Google uh, Google Sheets, which is like an Excel document, but it's Google's version of that, um, where I, I sort of project and I predict and I say, okay, looking out over the year, you know, how much do I think that DSC is going to grow each time we open the doors um, based on historical data? How many one-on-one clients do I expect I may get at different points throughout the year based on historical data? Uh, and so on and so forth. And so that's what I do now. I do that tracker at the beginning of the year. And of course I, I add to it and I change it and I tweak it and I pivot as time goes on, but at least that helps to give me a little bit more of a realistic, accurate perspective. So number one, step one is still, let's understand our revenue goals for the year. Now, number two is actually simplification. Um, so I think that the first 50 K in your business is often characterized by a little bit of throwing spaghetti at the wall. (laughs) So starting off with a lot of different offers and seeing what sticks. And this is just part of the process and part of the experimentation process and understanding what is going to work for you, what's going to work for your clientele. But then the next phase is we look back on that information, that data, those programs, those offers, and we start to simplify. So we start to take away the things that we feel are not helping us necessarily achieve our goals. And we start to double down on the things that are absolutely helping us and are contributing the most. So this might sound a little counterintuitive because we're actually paring down, we're removing um, different activities or offers within our business. But what's important here is that we have to shift our attention instead of trying to market a whole bunch of different small offers, what would happen if we put all of our energy and attention into a couple of larger offers, even one large offer, two large offers, a couple of bigger offers. Um, And so typically what that's going to mean is we're going to choose the things that are the most scalable in our business. Um, And so it it totally depends on what that might be for you. Maybe you have a revenue producing, maybe you have a blog that's already producing revenue and you want to really double down on that. Maybe you have an online course that you're selling. You really want to double down on that. Maybe you have a group program. Uh, Maybe you actually have a really premium one-on-one package and you want to Uh, remove the lower tier of that package. So perhaps you have a tier one, which is lower priced and a tier two, which is higher priced. Um, Maybe you just want to remove the tier one. This is sort of what I did actually with my, when I was looking at my offers and when I was paring down and really focusing was I actually removed, I used to offer 90 minute intensives as part of my product suite. So with 90 minute intensives, it was essentially just a one-off 90 minute session. But what I was finding is that these sessions required a lot of time for the exchange of revenue. So now I'm not saying these offers were cheap because they absolutely weren't. They were very, they were valuable and they were priced appropriately for the, the, um, for the offer. However, comparatively to the rest of my offer suite, they were the least scalable. It just didn't make sense to continue with those and to try and market them in the same way that was I was marketing all of the other things. 
Um, and in fact, it was just distracting me knowing that I had that offer there that people could choose. Um, it was just starting to distract me from, from marketing my four month program or from marketing DSC, which I know are programs that have more potential and are able to grow and scale bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's number two is actually simplifying. Now, number three, which if you've listened to the last episode of my podcast, episode 88, um, you will have heard me say this loud and clear, which is you got to get support. Um, and so I think that one of the biggest things that has to happen from that 50 to 100K jump is the recognition that we only have so many hours in the day. Uh, and we need to make sure that we're spending as much of our time as possible in our genius zone or where doing the things that only we can do in our businesses. And it's time to be very honest about what can only you do in your business. You are not the only one who can create your social media content. You are not the only one who can write your blog posts. You are not the only one who can schedule your calendar, who can do administrative tasks, who can bill insurance, who can pitch you to podcasts, who can create resources for your clients. You're not the only one. And so likely you are the only one who can, number one, work with your clients. So actually deliver the offer. Um, and number two is build relationships with clients, which is essentially marketing and sales. Um, so even doing things like Instagram stories, Instagram reels, doing podcast episodes, doing YouTube videos, following up with past client leads, responding to DMs, stuff that is actually going to lead to more clients if you're doing more of those things. So that's an important piece. And if you find yourself putting off crucial tasks, and typically this is marketing, we all have been there, where I I find myself even, so I think what, what's been interesting for me is when I find myself in a time of, oh, I haven't done that yet, and it's been on my list for a while, but I know it's important, that's my signal to myself to say, okay, it's time to get more help. It's time to increase hours. It's time of, of support. So um, it's time to uh, make sure that the people that are working for me are working, actually have more hours during the week to accommodate some of these things. It's time for me to offload some of those tasks. Um, and so that's actually that signal point. Um, and so because we need to make sure that we're doing the things that are actually revenue producing activities that only you can do. And before you freak out, before you panic and you say, Krista, I just cannot afford that financially. Um, I want you to remember it's not all or nothing. I'm not telling you to hire somebody part-time right off the bat. I'm telling you to find someone who can help you for an hour or two hours a week um, to do the things you keep putting off that you know are actually going to help you move the needle in your business so that you can do more of that genius zone stuff. So ask yourself and do the calculation, what would it cost you each month in order to have someone help you for an hour a week? And then work your way up. You can increase their hours progressively as your business grows. So that's number three is getting support. And then last but not least, number four is recognizing that the person you need to be in order to get to $100,000 per year is not the person you are right now. <laughs> You might be like, what in the world are you talking about? 
But it's true, right? If you had the skills and expertise to get to $100,000 in your business per year, you would have done it already, right? You would have done it already. And so we have to evolve and we have to grow and we have to become the people that we need to be in order to reach these next versions of ourselves in our businesses. And so how do we do that? Well, we invest time and we invest energy in our own development. And this doesn't necessarily need to mean investing a bunch of money. So for instance, right now in my business, you know, I'm kind of between coaching programs. I don't actually have um, a business coach specifically that I work with one-on-one because I'm in a space right now where I'm spending more time reading books that are gonna help me get to that next level. And so it, it doesn't always mean the same thing based on where you're at in your business. So when I was first in my business, this meant I needed to hire a coach because I knew I needed to, I need somebody to teach me who was further ahead than me. Um, maybe it means for you surrounding yourself with people who are a step ahead of you so you can learn from them. Maybe it means for you reading books. Maybe it means for you listening to podcasts that cater to the next level. So are you still listening to beginner content? Or do you need to start leveling up and listening to advanced content? Um, so how can we invest in our development? And it doesn't always need to be a big financial investment. It can just be a time. It can be an energy investment. It can be reading. It can be listening to free podcasts, whatever that looks like for you. But we need to acknowledge that in order to become the person that makes makes $100,000 per year, there's going to have to be a transition that happens. There's going to have to be a leveling up that happens in that process. Okay, so to summarize, four steps to make that jump from 50K per year to 100K per year. Number one, we're still going to understand our revenue goals and get very clear on what we need to do in order to get there. But number two, we're gonna start to simplify and we're gonna double down on the things that work. Number three is we're going to get support. And then number four is we need to recognize that the person we need to be in order to get to $100,000 per year is probably not the person that you are right now. And we need to invest some time, energy, money into our own development. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate if you actually shared with your friends or your colleagues, anyone you think would get value out of it. All you have to do is just take a screenshot right now of um, wherever you're listening to this episode, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, and just tag me at Dietitian Success Center or at Christico.rd. Uh, I would love to know what you're doing as you're listening to this episode, and I'd really appreciate you sharing it uh, with your friends and with your colleagues. So thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week, and I will see you next Thursday.